0: Thanks for joining us for this week's podcast, It Is Live Transformed, Jim, Audrey, episode number 236. That's
1: right. That's right. We must get along, all of us. You guys that are listening, all of us. We all get along. We all get along. That's we all right. get along. That's it's right. always good to ta- have nice visits. And you know what? I was actually, can I just jump right in? Uh,
0: wow. Yes, please. <laughs> well, I,
2: yeah, I mean, like, don't be bossy or take control of nothing, okay, it, here we go. If, <laughs> that, if that's what Never. you want to do, go ahead, all right? <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. It was good. Me happen. and Bob are afraid of you, anyhow. So we're gonna do. <laughs> Apparently, it, we are going to do exactly <laughs> what you want to do. I'm trained, you know. In the South, down here at, at Impact Ministries, <laughs> we always used to have this saying: "Impact Ministries, where women rule, and we're man enough to admit it." <laughs> <laughs> and so, that's, you know,
0: you know what? That's true at the Richards house. That's true at the Richards house. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Brenda
2: taught me that when women are speaking, I need to pay attention and obey. Even if they're stupid women, I'm not saying that about you, but I'm saying even if they're stupid women, <laughs> if they're telling you what to do, you should better just go ahead and do it. <laughs>
1: that's so but funny. you
0: got
2: to be a real man to be able to do that. I just want you to know that.
1: <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, okay. now, where are you going to take okay, this okay, well, We've been talking about mind over matter, mm-hmm. you know, and we've, uh, two episodes ago, we talked about sacred and secular and how that can, that's the wrong question to ask. That can mess us up when we start, you know, letting religion, Anyway, I don't want to get into that because I'll probably not describe that perfectly. But I love the direction we're going with this mind over matter. But last week we really talked about choosing life, and we talked about choosing resurrection life yep. because that there there's a difference between the two of those. There's life, and then there's de- resurrection life that makes sounds, just like we just heard. If that's and, my
2: mama calling, she's in heaven. I want you to take the call, so <laughs> if, 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 you know, okay? Because yeah. she, I ain't got my phone here. She may be trying to reach me. <gasps>
1: Jim is out of control. Jim, you are out of control.
2: Oh, well, excuse me. Excuse me. I'm trying to be nice. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm tr- I try to be nice, but I really don't even put any effort into being normal. Because I, okay, I perfect. don't really understand that concept.
1: Oh, my goodness. Well, I was so encouraged last week because choosing resurrection life is when absolute transformation takes place, and it's when you have to die first. You've got to die to yourself, and then you get to choose this amazing resurrection life that we can't even imagine it's bigger than what we can imagine. And that's good because God can yeah. imagine way better than we can. And um, so when we're choosing life, because choosing life is a daily thing. It's almost a momentary thing because we always get to choose what we think about, where we pay our attention, where we focus, um, what we do. All the decisions we're making are choosing life. So my question to you, Jim and Bob, mm-hmm. is what is one of what are some of the wisest things that you do to choose life, and these are it's a three-part question physically, spiritually, and mentally. So I don't know which one you want to answer first. Jim, we'll start with you. What is some of the wisest things you have done or continue to do
2: I never physically eat Mexican food I knew, for lunch I just, because I know I'll be sleepy <laughs> and won't we'll get anything done happen. the rest of the day. That's one of my best decisions right there.
1: <laughs> That's where you choose life. <laughs> I Let love Bob it.
2: go first. Let Bob go first. I want to hear him.
1: Okay, so physically, what do you do to choose life, Bob? Wow.
0: It, 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 and I'll just kind of talk yeah. broadly on this. Um, let, me, let me go to all three of these. Okay. All three of these. The number one thing is you can't be passive. Mm. And, and that for me, that, that there's been some real intention. Mm-hmm. And so intention has been really, really uh, key for myself as well. uh, There's this place uh, when it comes to physical, sometimes I just simply need to educate myself a little bit. And uh, Jim, that's, you know, a place where you've helped me, you know, it's just, you know, with understanding Um, because the things that you've grown up with, you know, they, they can just kind of be the traditions and the habits of life that you have. And sometimes you just need some more information. You need some better information. Yeah. Uh, but then what I want to do is I want to physically live life with intention. And and it doesn't happen with just a passive attitude. Yeah. As though it's just going to happen. Just because you have the, the information doesn't mean that it's necessarily going to happen. You actually have to get up and move. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. You
0: know, there's there's this place of you know, putting your body in motion. So for me, um, staying physically strong. Uh, heart physics, mm-hmm. okay, the he- the health module, mm-hmm. that was a real big one for me. Oh, and really? We're, yeah, we're talking decades ago. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, I think, a real turnaround with regards to my relationship with sugar. Mm-hmm. And so that was a big one. Um, and so it wasn't, you know, that I need to be a particular weight or I need to be, a you know... That type of thing, but I wanted to be healthy, yeah. And so that that was a big one. So that would be one for me. And there are different things that can sideline me. Uh, You know, twenty twenty, the COVID year, uh, that sidelined me. I I had a motorcycle accident previous to that, and all of a sudden I became um, uh, sedentary. You know, just kind of, and it's just like wow, it just because you have the understanding. Doesn't mean necessarily that you've got the practice. Oh, that's right. And so, you know, I have, you have to deal with the, the matter of the heart, what's going on, you know, what are you believing about yourself, others, or even God that could be a limiting belief, and deal with that. And uh, and so that's that's uh, on the physical side. Am I taking too long? No,
1: this is really no. good.
0: But let me let me say something. I just yeah, yes. I wanna comment on that. One of the things
2: I think is so powerful that you let out with, you know, uh, <clears throat> Not making a decision. In other words, not being deliberate.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. People think there's a neutral somewhere in life. Mm. And there's not a neutral in life. Even if you're not making a decision deliberately, by default, you're still making a decision. Yes, you have. And so I think that is just so insightful, Bob. And I think it's so hel- it should be so helpful to people to realize that if I'm not becoming deliberate... About life, about my health, about. And, and it's not to say, I, 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 you know, you don't start with doing the right thing. You start with beliefs and you start with decisions. But just deciding, I want to be healthy, I want to have energy. And, yeah. and you know, getting that intention in there, you know, we talked about that a little bit last week. You know, you know faith. Faith is, is the part about believing who God is, how good God is, you know, the life that he has encoded into the universe, into our physical bodies, into the, I mean, stop and think. When we eat food, it has some kind of life encoded in it that can get decoded into our body, and it can, you know, it can either give us muscle, it can give us fat, it can do da-da-da-da-da. So, so uh, starting with an intention it's amazing how just having that intention will lead us in the moment to making better decisions that, I th- that we don't even realize they're better decisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah. But mm-hmm. just
2: because, of, you know, God's good. So, so based on that, I can, I can make my decisions, I can set my intention, and, uh, and I'll just find myself making better decisions. I, I think that's really, really powerful, and people should pay mm-hmm.
0: attention to that
1: mm-hmm. whole
0: concept
2: that you were bringing about, about being
0: very deliberate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and then t- there's another thing in in working with people and just that has been very good for myself. Sometimes you just need to simply make the decision to make a good decision. Yeah. Kind of it's simply this. Do the right thing. Yeah. At the ver at the very onset, it's just as though, you know, I'm just going to do the right thing. Yeah. I'm going to do. What is the most loving thing I can do for all persons involved, including myself. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that, that will be and simply, I'm going to do the right thing. And, and it might be Mm. something that you feel as though uh, I don't feel comfortable with it. You know, it's not necessarily what I feel, but it's the right thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so during that process, because what I'm doing then is I am putting a discipline in order. So it's almost as though I, I take the Word of God, I take the truth of God, I let it begin to guide my life, and it kind of begins to build the guardrail where it's I'm not going to go off the edge, but it's during that process that then I have to deal with me mm-hmm. because sometimes I, I, it's, it's as though I, I need to make a right decision, a loving decision. Now, now in order for that to be sustainable in my life, to where I can really be free, Jesus, what's going on inside of me? Where's the limiting belief in my life, okay, where I'm seeing myself differently than the way that you really see me? Mm-hmm. And then that's where, you know, you just got to go and do the hard work. Yep. And so sometimes it's just like, no, I'm not going to eat the cookies and chocolate cake,
1: mm-hmm. but
0: in the process, I have to deal with, with the beliefs of my heart. And, and
1: what I really noticed about you, Bob, when uh-huh. you had that relationship with Sugar years ago, is that you really attached pleasure to being strong and flexible and healthy instead of that, uh, uh, instead of the, you attached pleasure to the correct, mm-hmm. to, the, to, the, to choosing life.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. There, there, was, there was times, you know, in, in, during our crisis moment, yeah. uh, season of our life, where, again, I choose life, okay, and I just, I said, I love my wife. Meanwhile, on the inside, I'm, I'm crazy, mad, angry, disappointed, hurt, yep. crushed. But I chose I love my wife. Mm-hmm. And then I need to deal with me. And, uh, you know, over the years, taking personal responsibility for me, best decision I ever made.
1: Yeah, for sure. <laughs> How about you, Jim? Uh, you know, uh,
0: <clears throat> and let
2: me say, start by saying there's not a right or wrong answer to this question no
1: there isn't i'm i'm uh-uh. really wanting to get to know you yeah. and get to know bob mm-hmm. and just share that with the listeners like what is some of the uh, wisest things that you do that that's good conversation
2: you know um i try to you know people i sometimes say man you're, you when you teach you're one of the most complicated teachers i've ever heard and i'm always like well you know what if you're really listening Every complicated thing I teach you always takes you back to a couple of really simple, simple decisions. Solutions. Yeah, decisions. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so, in, in in my personal process, my personal journey, my personal walking things out, there's some there's some information that I know, and then there's a way that I organize that information into simplicity, and the mm-hmm. information in the place that. You know, the place that we were talking about before we even started recording, which is, is one of the places I take everybody to. You know, all these people talk about how bad the old testament was and how legalistic it was. I'm like, have you ever met God? You know, yeah. God's always been God. God's always been good. God's always been love at the core of his being. Uh you know, he never gave a commandment for so you would have to earn anything. He he did he never wanted you to be afraid of him hurting you. And so <clears throat> so Man, when you go back to Deuteronomy and you look at that, choose this day, choose life, choose death. Yes. God is saying, I will not control you. I will not force you into something that you don't want. I will tell Mm -hmm. you who I am. I will tell you everything that I'm offering you. And then you decide. Mm -hmm. And and so for me, all of life emerges from... uh, I hate to use the word character because character, even though there's a, even though there is something about developing character, I, I'm not talking about a character that comes because you're real disciplined and you're, strong-willed, you know, strong-willed. You know that that's usually so, where
1: you know. people go is that strong will, no. you know area. Mm-hmm. I kind of
2: you know I kind of go back to that resurrection line thing that we were talking about last week, in that, in that if whatever my character is, if that emerges. Out of a resurrection from death, then then it's something that is not kind of developed character, so to speak. It's something that is just inherent in, with your sense of identity, with your sense yes. of who you are. You know. Yes. And so you know when we when you know if we develop a sense of who we are first, who mm-hmm. am I in Jesus? Who is mm-hmm. Jesus in me? If we develop that first, then. Um, then, our dis- every de- then, then we move to decision-making. So all decision-making uh, is really a, an expression of intention. So every time I'm making a decision, I'm making a decision with the intention of, a, of certain outcomes, so to speak. I'm going to be healthier. I'm going to be mm-hmm. happier. I, mm-hmm. You know, I, I was just such a horrible person, you know, the first third of my life. I just want to be a better person. I want to be a better mm-hmm. man. I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better friend. You know, I want to be a better father. All those, you know, all those kinds of things. And so, and so, uh, um, uh, we have this intention that's working in us. And so, you know, for me, I have this, I have developed through connection with God, through developing my heart. I have developed. And it's an expectation of things always working out.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I
2: did a series not not long ago that I just completed. I call um, "Always Above, Never Beneath: The Biblical Secrets to Always Winning." Mm-hmm. I always expect to win. Always, I don't, I I don't, it. It, it surprises me when things go wrong. It surprises me if I get sick. If, it surprises yeah. me if, you know, if if I go through a financial challenge, because I, don't, I I never expect that because that is not congruent, you know, with who who I am. This 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 sense of who I am.
1: You know, just hold that thought because this is so funny. In the last two months, I've just been just always say I always find what I'm looking for. You wouldn't yep. believe how many times. I I always find what I'm looking for. Oh, there it is. There it is. Yep. There it is. I always find. Anyway, keep going. It's well, interesting. Well, you know, that's,
2: that's so important because, you know, the Bible
1: There's says... There's an expectation. Yeah. The I'm going to find what you I'm shall looking find. for.
2: Well, you're going to find right. what you're seeking. You right. find what you're looking for. You know, yeah. a, the Apostle Peter said you receive the goal of your faith. Well, what is the goal of your faith? A yeah. mediocre life? A slightly yeah. above average life? What is the goal? My, my goal I, is I'm raised I, from the dead. Yeah. I'm going to... I'm always always going to win. I'm always going going to fulfill my dreams and my destinies. So, you know, when you, when you come out of that, when that's your sense of identity, then every decision (laughs) you make is going to subconsciously have that intention.
1: Yes. I'm going to make this
2: intention and I intend that I'm going to win. Everybody around me is going to win. The person who's against me is going to win. You know what I mean? You you just, you just have that kind of, you know, that, that kind of sense about it.
1: Mm -hmm. So,
2: here, here's what I know. See, see, good and evil, we think of good and evil in the sense of right and wrong.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's
2: not what those words mean. You know, the word good always reflects being in harmony with God. The word evil is, always reflects chaos that comes from being out of harmony with God. And then from that, it expands into, into, into a much, much broader meaning. But, uh, so I, I just want to stay in I just want to stay in harmony with God. And and here's the thing that I realize. I realize that if I move out of harmony with God, I immediately am going to sense something. It's just like when you sit down and and, and you eat eat a, eat food, you know, I gave up eating for pleasure decades ago. Uh, what I what I want to do is I want to eat and feel good. I want to eat and have energy. I want to eat and be able to get on with life. Every everything, mm-hmm. everything as we as we get this consciousness, this sense of this is who I am in Jesus. This is, you know, this is this is the life that I'm supposed to be living in Jesus. This is what the gift that God has given me. So the moment I realize, whether it's physically, whether it's emotionally, whether it's relationally, whether it's in my relationship with Brenda, relationship with Jesus, relationship with my kids, it doesn't really matter. The moment anything f- feels not good, then I know that somewhere in my mm. heart, whether it's what I'm eating, whether it's how I'm talking to people, how I'm mm. treating, it doesn't matter. What then, I, then I know if I'm starting to not feel this peace and joy and, mm. about life, then, then I realize I've, I've, I'm moving off track somewhere.
1: Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah.
2: And, uh, and so, you know, it, it's no big, great, big old deal. I just immediately, inwardly, You know, one of the questions I always ask myself, do I want to feel this way? Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's after I get through eating something. It doesn't matter if i after I've gotten mad at somebody, it doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't matter. Do I want to feel this way? When I don't like the way I feel, do I want to feel this way? How do I want to feel? I decide how I want to feel, and then I start feeling that way. But what's interesting is when you return back to that place of harmony, uh, you start being able to, very quickly recognize. No, you don't want to go there. You don't. You, you, yeah. you, you don't want to do that. Yeah. So, so for me, making choices is a very global kind of thing, and I don't so much. I. I mean, I, I understand there is segmentation to you know physical, you know spiritual, emotional. Understand all that relational, but I also understand that I'm really just one being, and uh, if I stay in harmony with god and my sense of who i am mm. i just know how it's going to feel and if i'm not feeling that way then so then good. i just got to decide do i want to keep feeling this way because if i do just keep doing what i'm doing and mm-hmm. if i don't then decide how i want to feel and then suddenly my heart opens up to oh i could do this this way oh i could admit you know my my wrong in this situation i could mm-hmm. go back and apologize to that person i could quit eating you know, I could quit eating donuts at midnight or something like that. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So for me, it's a pretty simplistic thing. Life is pretty simplistic for me, just living it out of my heart and just saying. And, you know, I know I probably answered this a little bit different maybe than what, what you were thinking. And so, so I'm not saying my answer is any better or any worse than anybody else's. I'm just saying the way I'm wired, I figured I figure out how,
0: how to do this for me.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: And I think what happens is is we're creating context for others <clears throat> to actually begin to um, look back yeah. and say, you know, how am I setting an intention for my life? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, how have the decisions that I've made, mm-hmm. you know, not only affected me but also in, in influenced others? Yeah. And there's a, you know, something that I... I you know, when people are going through a hardship and uh, and, and I just kind of remind them, I say, hey, recognize this. What you don't realize is how significant you are yeah. in other people's lives. Yeah. You know, would you begin to be willing to kind of just allow yourself to take a glimpse that you actually do influence others, you know, mm-hmm. with regards to the atmosphere, how they're experiencing you? And so then would you then in humility be able to, you know, just invite because as you as you were saying, Jim, there's this place of disharmony. Yeah. And if 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 others are experiencing you this way, then would you be willing to take a step back, you know, and then come to that place of truth, of identity, of who I really am? So
1: good. So good. I was just thinking about this conversation is leading me just to that Mm -hmm. obvious thing that our physical slash physiological and emotional security, all of that is intertwined. Our entire being. We are. Oh
0: my goodness. Yes. We
1: are a whole being. And yesterday I um, spoke with somebody who had just lost their their 20-year-old to suicide and Yeah, we cried, we cried, we cried. You know, I mean, what, what do you do? But anyway, as she was in her secret place with Jesus, just in a beautiful place that she'd created with Jesus, it was, it was enough months ago that she was ready for this, but I said, it's time to just reach into your stomach because there's regrets that are like toxic balls that are mm. stones in your stomach. And, you know, maybe that's not quote-unquote physical, but yet it is. And so she, she saw herself with her eyes closed reaching in and she named each regret. I'm so, I regret not going to check on him that night. Mm-hmm. I regret not having that last hug. You know, I told him I loved him, but I didn't hold him. Yeah. You know, I hugged, I, I told him I love you. And he said, I love you too, but I didn't hug him. I didn't get that last hug. You know, I regret this. I regret that. And she regretted many, there were six or seven huge regrets of her life that she handed over. However, she, I said, can you see Jesus taking those for you? And she said, yes. I said, good. Now feel feel the re- the relief, feel the comfort of not having those in your body because mm. I think we carry things like regrets as oh, toxic yes. stones and pits in our stomach and, and then replace it. It's always put off, put on, replace it. What are you going to put in where that regret was? Peace, mm-hmm. acceptance, compassion. We're going to put all those things, whatever it happened to be for her. But anyway, the cool thing was I know that's going to affect her physical health. Oh, yeah. To not be carrying those pits in her stomach and so that invitation is open to all of us at any moment to, you know because we're talking about health decisions and some people are listening going man i wish i would have decided that 20 years ago because now i'm th- i weigh this much and i can't even move anymore or or they're in such a health state that you know there's no turning back and i'm saying the one of the first places you can start is by just giving over those regrets and yeah. having a new day oh, like yeah. you really can hand those regrets over to jesus and have a new day
2: absolutely yeah. You know, I have a series called uh, "Wisdom for Healing." Yes, and uh, you know, wisdom is—it's always... one of my
1: favorites. So I've listened to that oh, one eight eight times. I'm sure.
2: Yes, <laughs> you know, wisdom is always practical application. Uh, you know, we have this—we yes. have this Gnostic version of wisdom that it is the depth of what you know. Wisdom is not the depth of what you know. Uh, I tell you, there—I'm not going to. Call him by name, but there is there is a preacher that ha- has, man, he has made a fortune on teaching about wisdom, and he's probably one of the biggest idiots I've ever met. He's corrupt, <laughs> he's dishonest, he's immoral. Oh my goodness! You know, he, he just one of the, he is just one of the worst human beings that I know, and he's teaching. Do I need a,
1: to pray for you? Are you a little bitter?
2: He, <laughs> not yeah, I'm not bitter yet. I would like to smack him a couple times, but. Uh, just God has not ever felt like He should give me that opportunity. Uh, but uh, and really, what I despise is that He corrupts other people's lives.
1: I get it. Uh, yes, know, it's
2: not. It's not really that I care what He preaches or what He doesn't preach. I, I care about the way it actually affects mm-hmm. other people.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But uh, but you know his his whole thing is wisdom is like knowing some secret. You
0: know, yes. so I'm,
2: I'm gonna tell you some secret that other people nobody else knows but me. Right. But but. You know, in the Hebrew language, and we've talked about this many times about the open mem and the closed mem, and how that the, you know, that the mem, which is the m sound, the top of it is like waves. Yes. And so, yes. so one of the concepts of the mem is water, and water in all of the ancient world, not just the Hebrew world, Hebrews, Chinese, all the ancient worlds, always saw water as a mystery, and so the mem represents a message. Uh, you know, from from God, and uh, there are two types of mem. There's what's called the open mem, which is which is all of the all of the knowledge that God has made open to everyone, and uh, and so uh, you know we read the Bible, we can we can get the open mem, and we can get all of that information, but but it's still just information until we come to some way of how does that apply to my life? Not what is the secret meaning of this, not as what's the understanding that nobody else has of this. The the real question, none of that matters. The question is, okay, so based on what I'm seeing here in the word of God, what do I need or what part of this or how do I implement this to my life where it makes any difference to my life at all? Well, the closed meme is just that. It's not that God tells you things that aren't in the Bible, it's that God tells you how to put the Bible into practice. But here's the great mm-hmm. thing, going back to the whole thing we talked about, see, Jesus being a lie. And, and when you get information that is just intellectual, there is, you might get some insight, and it might help you. I'm not saying it won't help you. you know, it probably will help you. But you don't get the power to carry it out.
1: Right. You, don't, you don't get the right. power
2: to put it into practice.
1: Mm-hmm. That's so
2: it. when we yeah. connect with God to get wisdom, yeah. We not only get the informational side of wisdom, we get the grace. We get the power. We yes. get the resurrection yes. power to be the able to rise up and power. put this yes. into practice in our, in yes. our lives. Yes. And, so, and so God always wants to lead us in wisdom, but that is not him whispering something in our ear from a distance. This is about us being so intimate with him, holding nothing back, reserving nothing whatsoever that we're saying, okay. Where do I go with this?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And, you know, here's one of the great things. And I was thinking about this when you were talking about how people who have reached that place were like, good grief. You know, I weigh so much. I'll never get out of this. I'm so fatigued. I'll never get out of this. Right. Here's here's one of the things that I realize is it takes a lot longer to get sick than it does to get well. Hmm. And, I, you know, I mean, I understand that if we haven't taken care of ourselves for a long time, it can... You know, it, it might be a little bit of a journey to come out of it, but particularly when we're letting God lead us in that journey, we're opening our heart up to him because, because now we're not just getting the information and trying to come up with a willpower to make it work. We're getting the information that is encoded with and infused with the life and the power and the strength to actually put it into practice. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can get, you can be sick in a way that took you 10 or 15 or 20 years to get as sick as you are. Mm -hmm. And sometimes in, sometimes in in almost an instant or sometimes in a few days or sometimes in a few weeks, you can walk out of that. Mm
1: -hmm. You always, Mm
2: -hmm. you always get healed quicker than you got sick, unless Mm -hmm. you're just holding on to some belief or some fear or Mm -hmm. some Mm self-incrimination, condemnation, that sort of thing.
1: And you know what? Pictures have really helped me. You know, we've been talking about it. We've been touching on the idea of identity. Of, And last week you said something. If we went back when we knew where we were, we could do this with our minds. And that's when I think about picturing, making pictures in our minds. <coughs> and I get a picture of myself, strong, healthy, flexible. And that picture is alive within me. I see yep. myself that way, you know, at that perfect health, yep. just be able to strong, you know, and, and all those things. That is the that is just who I am. I am mm-hmm. a person who lives in perfect health. Therefore, this is the outside of yep. me. I, I think that picture starts because that's just part of my identity. But then also, um, what did you just say? Because I wasn't going to start with that. What did you say right before this?
2: We we're, were just talking about the wisdom of God that that right. Empowers you to do this. It's not just the. Right. It's not just instructions about what to do. Right. It is the empowerment to do what yes. you need to do. Yes. Thank
1: you. Okay. I just needed that because for me, wisdom in some ways is just getting that picture that's worth a million million words. Mm-hmm. Because when you see how God feels about you and the reality of who you are, that's the first step to having faith, and then you add all the other things. You know. Mm-hmm. And so that's what's helped me physically, mm-hmm. is to have that picture in my mind that I believe that this mm-hmm. is who I can be, and sometimes it, do, it happens in one, two, three days, but then the other thing is that it takes that longevity of, in, the picture that I have here, this is what I'm going to say, is I picture my bones, I get very specific, I picture my bones and what feeds them and what doesn't feed them. And my muscles and my cartilage, my veins, my skin, I'm seeing what can I do to feed these parts of me physiologically. Because if I know I'm not just having an, an overall picture I'm going to feed myself, but I like to know that collagen, when I'm drinking it, it's helping this. So I'm seeing it going right to my muscles, bones, wherever it goes, arteries, mm-hmm. fascia, you know, all the, the tissue that connects everything. I, when, I, when I'm eating for health or drinking a powder of some kind, I'm seeing it doing what it's supposed to do, which kind of leads me to a health question, if you don't mind, I hope I'm not deterring this, but I just have a question for you that I think might help others. When I'm drinking powders like greens, red powder, green powder, collagen powder, protein powder, all these powders, I wanna drink things that are alive. So are those things still alive even though they're in powder form? Uh, You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, it's all about how how they were processed. Okay. And so, and you know, uh,
1: maybe that's a loaded question that totally takes us off well, track. Well, it,
2: it could take us down a pretty long trail. Yeah. But you know, <laughs> you, you. But could, it's you, just a
1: legit question. I'm sure some of the listeners no, are it, appreciate it. it. Yeah.
2: Uh, but you know, at the same time, you know, you can read the label. That's the you know that's the that's the okay. key thing, and ask okay. questions. Uh, uh, and, you know, uh, of course, over the years, you guys know this, you know, I, I most of the time I'm having a, a health drink. It's usually something I've made from, you know, we all fresh vegetables and yes. fruits. And I don't say it has to be, but, but just do it the way that you get the right information so that you know whether or not it's, it's going to be beneficial. You don't want to eat and drink dead food because it can't produce yes. life.
1: Right. right, and I guess it was hard for me to imagine that powder is alive, but I guess mm. you can okay, dehydrate. Yeah, yeah, you can dehydrate fruits and vegetables, and okay.
0: yeah, okay.
1: okay. I got well, off. You that. really? You <laughs> no, I really, I really drive, took that one, didn't okay, I? Okay, I,
0: I do want to back up just a little bit. Okay, <clears throat> uh, and again, listeners, I'm, i I really want this to be extremely helpful and practical, you know, for, for yourselves. But I do want to touch just a little bit more on regret. I think a lot of people live with the emotion. Of regret, and a lot of times it it's 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 tied to the regret of the past but here's what I find is that there's also a regret for the future yeah. being that they almost live fatalistic to you know that it's it's inevitable and they're just waiting for the other shoe to drop yeah. and so it's almost as though because my life has been therefore my life will be and they live with with the regret not just of the past but then in fear of the regret of what is yet going to take place you know in the future which you know to me is just like wow how debilitating you know is that and so jim when you were mentioning that to become whole or to become well it may have been a long period of time you know, where you've gotten sick, and I'm not just speaking physically, but to become whole, healthy, and well is much quicker than, than I think we would even allow ourselves to believe, no. that we can actually turn that corner, yeah. you know, have a new perspective, mm-hmm. and really begin to experience, you know, what we are speaking about is that grace, mm-hmm. you know, for the, the realities of heaven, to really become ours, and living free of regret.
2: You know, it, and if we want to live holistically, it always has to start with who is God.
1: Hmm. That's where it's
2: got to start. So good. It doesn't, yes. it, it doesn't yes. start with, am I aligning bodies? Uh-huh. No, no, no. You know, no it's not with,
1: and, and even yes. our identity and who I am, no. it always starts with who is God. Yes. It always
2: has to start with who is God. And, you know, and I will see a lot of people that are trying to get hold of the identity teaching yeah. And honestly, most of the identity teaching, I hate to say it, but it, it, it doesn't have enough substance in it to actually be transformational. It's just informational. Mm-hmm. And use, so when you gather information that's not transformational, then that information becomes a burden. It becomes a weight. It becomes wow. one more thing that you're not able to make happen in, oh in your life.
0: True. Yeah. So,
2: True. so remember, you know, in this whole process, there's, there's faith. Then there is intention, and then mm-hmm. there is then there is a conception and then there is a a, a
1: confession.
2: A, 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 a confession, a creative confession. confession. Mm-hmm. And I forgot what the last the fifth one is in that thing. But anyhow, <clears throat> uh, if we don't start with God, then we are not starting with real life. We're starting mm-hmm. with we're starting with information about real life, but it's but it's too far removed from the source to actually experience life. If we don't see God is the God of hope. So so if you're, yeah. you know, it's just like we talked about a couple of weeks ago. You know, man, I get worn out sometimes with people contacting me saying, "Man, you know, I just boy it just so helped me so much to hear you talk about this stuff and tell us the scientific part of it." So tell me what books you've read because I want to know the scientific. And I'm like, you need to read the Bible. You ain't read it. You're not, just the questions you're asking, you need to read the Bible because I can tell you the question you're asking me, you will get off course and you will suddenly replace faith with knowledge. Yeah. You will do it every time.
1: So true. Yes. Especially if it's a new, exciting
2: idea. Oh, yeah, that's right. Absolutely. So. So, you know, it's like, here's the deal. Get to know God. Get to know God. Get to know God. Know God. (laughs) Experience God like you would if you just fell in love and you got married. And for the first time, you're going to be intimate with somebody and and you're going to bear your heart and soul and Mm -hmm. body and every part of you to them in a way that you never have to anybody else. And people say, well, I don't know how to do that. Well, Learn how to do it. Figure out how to do it. Do whatever it takes. Do it like you would do it if you just fell in love with somebody. If you just mm-hmm. met the most wonderful person in mm-hmm. the world and you're ready to share your life with them. You figure out that. You know, you you do it and make this journey. Discover the truth about who God is and then experience the truth about who God is. You know, I don't really have to think, I don't have to really put forth effort to to, to have hope. Because God's a God of hope. And so God, if God's my source, I'm just always going to have hope. I'm always going to expect a good outcome because that's what hope is. Always yeah. expect a good outcome. When something goes wrong, I'm always expecting, okay, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to win this. I don't know how I'm going to overcome this. But you know what? I'm going to overcome this. It's going to be a good outcome. That's not just because I've worked the formula to get hope. That's because I've stayed connected to the God of hope. God of all hope. God yeah. breeds. He, he, he infuses us with his characteristics, with his power, with his life, mm. with his nature. I mean, there's there's not enough words to say it to really express what we really get. You know, and this, this goes back to the same we're talking about last week. And we're yeah. talking about experiencing something you can't explain.
1: Right. You this know, isn't just life. This is resurrection life that yeah. is inexplainable. There may, yes. be
2: some, there may be some words that can we use that kind of point toward mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. none of them ever adequately explain what it is. So 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 I can't determine anything about where I want my life to go or what I want to become until until I clearly know and have connected with the source. And that source is God himself through the Lord Jesus. I'm coming to you, Father, through the Lord Jesus. And I know that you're this way because this is, this is what Jesus showed me about you. This is how Jesus treated people. This is what Jesus taught. I'm not going to believe anything about you that I don't see in Jesus' life and his teaching and his ministry and his interaction with, with people and very specifically with his death, burial, and resurrection. So when that's the, the starting place, then the infusion that comes into you. that infusion mm. will lead you on a path that you're not really even making conscious decisions about. You are just you are just conceiving things in your heart that mm-hmm. you can't help but conceive because because you 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 chose to know God and so all of your intention now is out of it. I choose to I choose to walk this path that manifests who God I choose to stay connected to God. You know, I mean, there's a thousand ways you can say it. None of them, none of them adequately enough.
1: Adequately, yes.
2: To say what you're trying to say, and so, and so, uh, uh, people, it's like I'm going to skip steps one, two, and three, and I'm going to go to step four and five, and I'm going to expect for this to work and give me a good life, and then I'm going to wonder why I'm always confused, why I'm always wavering, why I'm always up and down, why sometimes I believe, sometimes I don't believe, sometimes I overcome, sometimes I don't overcome. Uh, See, we don't even really believe that we're supposed to win every time. People don't, Christians don't believe that. Are you kidding me? Uh, You know, I'm not against counseling. It sounds like it because I use the term. I talk about how pathetic most counseling is. You know, but I I send people to you all. So I'm not (laughs) against counseling. I am against counseling that says information can fix you. Right. Information can make it right. Information can get the right outcomes. No. Or
1: how about this one? Or labeling will will cl- Will fill it, will fix everything. Oh, yeah.
2: there's, there's all <laughs> kinds of substitutes we'll for the life. stick a label on that one and a- call a- it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, so you can get all the counseling in the world, and you might get a procedure. You might get something that you can do that affects something on some intellectual or, or physical realm. So that for a period of time, this is kind of working. But the problem with the problem with anything that comes to us physically is that means uh, uh, since it's physical, it's coming to us through our brain, and what makes us feel like it's working is really nothing more than the release of hormones. Mm-hmm. In other words, we're doing something. We've changed something. Our ego is all excited about how wonderful we are now. We know the secrets of the universe. We feel good about ourselves. We start feeling good. We start feeling happy. But anything that comes to you through your five senses, you have to remember, it works through the principle of addiction. And the principle mm. of addiction says, the first time I do this, man. Uh, did you know every drug addict spends their whole life trying to find that first high? They never find all it all over never. again. Mm-hmm. And so... And so, you know, it's sort of like, you know, man, this made me feel so good. I'm going to go do this again, and this will happen again. Well, then it doesn't happen quite the same way it is. It's not quite as exciting, you know. And so I have to do something bigger, more grandiose, more, you know, more intellectual, more deep, more secret. You know, I've got some buddies that back a few years ago, you know, as the faith movement began to implode, And I know if I know a lot of my buddies in faith movement, if they heard me say this, they'd be like, no, you don't know what you're talking about. It hadn't imploded. Oh, yeah, it has. There are thousands and thousands of people who not just left the faith movement. Some of them left the faith movement, went back to denominational churches because it's like, you know what? This this may not be offering a lot, but at least it's not crazy. and At least I can get this much of it to work. But a lot of people left the faith movement and went into the hyper grace movement the faith grace movement they left the faith- faith movement and went back into a into a a ceremonial religious environment because so many good people worked the formulas and the formulas eventually they could not get that stimulus or mm-hmm. that stimulization. Uh, 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 stimulation, excuse me, they could not get that to such a degree to recreate those, those what they thought were spiritual highs of the past. And so, so, you know what they do? They either give up on God or they go find some kind of a lame substitute to fill in a gap for something that actually was not working. Wow. The craziest fake grace people I know came out of the faith movement. So y'all being mighty quiet here.
1: Yeah, because we're listening. Mm-hmm. I'm learning stuff about addiction right now because, you know, we've talked about this again, but, you know, we face this. I, I'm actually, I'm thinking about even what we do for people. I was actually thinking like sometimes like we do, I do heartwork work with someone and that can, it's an experience with God, but I don't want them to be dependent on me nope. helping them through that. I want them to learn immediately how to do nope. this for themselves because I don't want to have you know, five to ten sessions of you know what I'm saying, doing nope. this again because I am not your source. This nope. is your personal and your way of experiencing him. I can kind of nope. get you started on a path, but then you, you're gonna find your way to experience Jesus. It won't be like mine. And It'll see, be
2: that's legitimate counseling. Legitimate counseling always says, I'm gonna give you some tools. I'm yeah. going to help you and I'm going to point you to connecting sure. to Jesus
0: sure. for
1: yes.
2: yourself. And somewhere along the way, I'm stepping out of this process.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes.
0: When I was going through my crazies and that was, you know, we, we experienced, you know, uh, uh, you know, infidelity in our marriage and it was just really difficult, but I remember this, this really bothered me. Lois, um, Lois, and uh, she, she, she would ask me this question. She was,
1: she was really helping us. She was this. really helping yeah. us.
0: She had asked me this. She says, so what's God telling you? And if I gave her a blank look without an answer, she says, I don't want to talk to you. Nope. She says, until you hear what nope. God is speaking to you, she says, I don't want to talk to you. When she only needed to do that once.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. It was really rough. But you that is where you know my life be, really began oh. to change, was going back to the number one point, Jim, that you made. First, it begins with God.
1: I love that,
0: and I've got to get to know Him.
1: I love that you said that. I
0: there is no substitute.
1: Thank you, thank you, Jim. And so for if I to look that. to
0: someone else yep. to do that for me. Mm-hmm. You know, all we've done is, is we've gone back into an old yeah. model of priesthood. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, no, he's chosen to make me his dwelling place.
2: And it doesn't mean the people that are doing that are bad people. No. no. They're usually people who are very passionate about helping you. The problem is uh, they don't know it. But that type of counseling only works with people who really have kind of already solved their problems or just kind of looking for direction and advice. Right. But, but people who are absolutely going through a crisis that's bigger than they can manage. They, you know, there's no formula. You know, mm-hmm. there, there is no way that everybody can follow enough guidance. I used to, that's I used to, right. You know, we talked about this before. Like with marriage counselors, like you go in, you sit down, and, I, 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 and somebody says, well, now, you do this and you do this, and everything's going to come out fine. You know, honestly, I don't know, I don't know why more counselors don't get physically accosted and beat up and thrown out in the parking lot because that would anger me because, like, if I knew what to do, do you think I'd be sitting here talking to you? Or if I could do it, I know what to do. I, I, you know, I remember one time I went <laughs> through a real challenging time. This is when I was a really new believer. And, and uh, you know, I, I go to see this, this pastor, and I said, look, I, I, just, I, I really need some help. And he starts telling me what I ought to do. I just stopped him. I said, you know what? I said, this is worthless. What I'm doing with you is worthless. What you're telling me is worthless because I know what to do. I just, for some reason, I am not finding the power. I'm not finding something working in me to bring it to pass. If I could do that, and I told him, I said, if I could do that, you think I'd be sitting here talking to you? I'd be talking to God if I could do this. Uh, You know, a a buddy of mine one time, uh, he man, he was in a big old church that was all that was all wired up with Doctor Cho, and so many people were very poor imitations of Doctor Cho. I mean, Mm. you know, I I met Doctor Cho. I was invited to be on the Church International Growth uh, International Board, whatever they called it back then. I can't remember. It's been so many years, and uh, so I watched preachers all over America and all over the world try to imitate Doctor Cho, and I just thought. Y'all are really doing a very poor job of this. But uh, so this guy, this buddy of mine, man, he was going through a struggle. And he goes to his pastor, who was a Dr. Cho lookalike kind of, so to speak, you know, spiritual lookalike. Yeah. And so... They got he said, they they got them a little prayer mountain like Dr. Cho had, prayer mountain. He said, You just need to go to prayer mountain and fast and pray until you saw this. And I think he kind of cussed his pastor out. And he was like, Do you think if I could fast and pray, I'd need you? If I could fast and pray, I would not need to be talking to you. If I could do if I could do this, if I could get my life pulled together, I wouldn't be wasting my time with you. I wouldn't need you. Right. And so so, you know, and I'm I know this sounds cruel toward counselors, but I'm not against counselors, but I am against counseling that does not point you back to an intimate personal relationship with Jesus, where connecting with Jesus becomes your source uh, of transformation and, and all the counselor then kind of becomes is a is a person who takes you, helps you understand how to take a journey to connecting mm-hmm. with God. For yourself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad you, when you said that first word, when we first started this podcast and we were talking about wisdom for, you know, physically and all that kind of stuff. And then you just said, and we were talking about identity said And you said, it starts with God. I think Bob and I just felt this whoosh of That's it. Because even identity, as you were saying, it can become power to the people. I've just got to get my identity straight and, and then I'll be fine. It starts with a picture. Even what I was saying, a picture of myself. It's like, that's nothing if I don't know God that if I don't know who he is and I'm not experiencing this, an intimate relationship yeah. with him, I can make pictures all day long, but it's, I won't have the power to inf- have the con- yeah. Like you said something really profound. You said the infusion of knowing God is when you start conceiving things. Yeah. And that's literally the, the whole idea of how yeah. you make a baby. When you know someone you conceive and, and just knowing him and the infusion of just knowing him yeah conceiving ideas, conceiving direction, conceiving your next step. All of those things are just as natural as it is for married people to have babies. Honestly, that is is what happens. And it was just incredible.
2: A a lot of people think Okay, so meditation, so you talk about meditation. No, I talk about biblical meditation. Yes. Just for the record. Biblical yes, meditation. Yes. yes. Which is which starts with God. It starts with it starts what has with God, God said is true. What is true yes. with him? And all you're really trying to do is connect with God and connect with what he says is true in a way where you experience it as, as, as being true. You know, I can't even tell you how many business people over the years have called me and said, Look, uh, I'd like to come and visit with you. I'd like to have, uh, for one hour, I will give you $10,000. Mm-hmm. And I can't even tell you how many times I said, you know what, I'd love, I'd love to get you $10,000 because I, mm-hmm. I got a lot of places I'd use it to help people. But the problem is this. Uh, I don't have anything to help you if you don't want to connect to God. And, you know, it, this would be business people. And they might kind of be, you know, lukewarm Christians. But it's like, well, no, but I, I, I want to come and, I, I want to come and, uh, you, know, you know, you've know, you been successful at business. You helped my friend become successful at business. Or I've got these people that I met that told me how they went through heart physics and da-da-da-da, and so, so I, I want you to help me be successful at business. I'm like, you know what? I can't do that. I can help you become successful at life. I can help mm-hmm. you connect to God in such a way where the pieces start falling into place and you start seeing and understanding where God's taking you and having the power to take you. That's all I can do. I can help you connect to God, and, and, and that's it. And, man, I, I'm just telling you, in the last, just in the last five years, I, I don't know, I've turned away probably more than $100,000. And offer some business people because it's like, I don't have anything to offer you if you're, if you're not interested in connecting with God. I, I don't have a form. You know, I might could tell you some things that would make life a little bit better or that would temporarily do, do a thing. You know, you know when I had these, when I used to do businesses. And, you know, for years, I always had a business outside of the ministry so because I wanted to, I wanted to be able to provide a quality and a standard of living for my wife and my kids without robbing the ministry. And, you know, if you understand business, one of the things you understand is that most businesses uh, fold because people from the very get-go, they have to financially take so much out of the business that, that the business can't sustain it. That they can't mm-hmm. sustain it. and mm-hmm. so Especially I just, those
1: first few years. Yeah, especially
2: yeah. those first few years. Matter of fact, most of the time when I've started any kind of a business, I usually didn't take a penny out of it for a long time. Uh, until, it was, until it was sustainable, until it could, you know, and now down the road, I could make the money back. I never, that, 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 was, that was never a problem. But, uh, uh, but you know, that, that was, that was my, my whole concept was I, I want to make an incredible amount of money so that I can be free to do anything in the ministry that I want to do. And I pretty much had it worked out where I actually only had to work, you know, five or six days a year to make my personal income and then I have the financial freedom to do everything that I wanted to do. So when I would when I would do this, I would always in these businesses I would start or companies that I would work with, you know, I'd always real quickly go to the top of the success stack. And I always found that this was so heartbreaking for me because I would teach biblical principles. And, and I would just tell people, I, I never covered it up that it, it was a biblical principle. And I would c- tell people, you've you got to connect to God to be able to make this work. Now, the people over me and the companies that I would work with, man, they loved it because I was making money hand over fist, which meant that they were making money hand over fist. But I always found that any time they were put in a situation where they might run the risk, because I always built all, everything I did around serving people. No matter what product I'm selling, doesn't matter what service I'm offering, we're going to serve people. And we've got to be honest enough that if what we're doing does not serve people, we're not going to try to sell it to them. Mm -hmm. And, And I would, I'd walk away from any deal if I didn't believe it was in the best interest of the person that was making the purchase. But it was always so sad to see these people, and they would get to where they would get up in meetings and say the same things that I would say and talk the same, you know, integrity kind of talk that I would talk. But if they ever got in a position where they thought they were going to lose a dime, they'd stab you in the back and drink your blood. And uh, and it was like, and I would always end up at some point in time leaving those businesses. I would usually sell my my part of it to somebody else. And I would go on to something. Because, but, but I see that in life where people love to say these things. They love to repeat these things. They love to talk about it, talk around it. And, 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 but really, that's still all about them and about their ego. Because then when it comes down to making the choices that where you might not make as much money or where somebody else might not benefit as much, they make the wrong choice. Because they don't start with God. They don't, they, don't, they don't let God be the one to bring all of this to life. And I mean, it doesn't matter if it's your health. It doesn't matter if it's your business. It doesn't matter if it's money. doesn't matter if it's ministry. It doesn't matter if it's marriage. doesn't matter how you're treating your kid. None of it matters. You start with God. And you go through a personal transformation.
1: Yeah. Uh,
2: and your only intention is... To have a personal transformation, just like we tell people with heart physics, don't ever decide the outcome heart physics. Right. Because this is God working in your heart and going to take mm. you through what you need to go through. And if you decide something, you'll probably pick the wrong thing. And that's, yeah. and that's the way people are. You know, the, the, Even when they have these mixed motives, even when they're fully committed to saying, man, I am going to connect with God. I am going to have a transformation. And then say, and here's how I want it to come out. Well. They have just—they have just made it impossible for God to take them anywhere that's real because it needs. They're trying to make it be mm-hmm. what they
0: think it needs to be. I'm right. sorry. I know I got on a rant. No, no, there. No, no. What happened is
1: everything is powerful. They—they they
0: turned it and then, and again I made it about me.
1: Yep. And that. And
0: so when having a, a theme, a, when having a clear intention. Yes. You know, and I—you just kind of looking over this entire podcast together yeah you know with with myself in beginning and making that clear intention it has everything to do with surrender yeah and and that's exactly what you're saying here Jim yeah. is that it really is god it begins with you but then there's a surrender yeah you see there is a laying down of of my in my ideas you know my thoughts and I'm going to lay it down and because, and we've said it, you know, last week and this week, you know, no mind has seen, yeah, yep. no ear has heard, it hasn't even entered into the heart of man, of what God has in, in store yeah. for me. So why would I limit it to me? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Why limit it to yeah. me?
1: Because that's resurrection life, yep. that the stuff that we can't seem to be able to put words to. But words can't even describe it. Our imagination couldn't even start to conceive it. Right. What God has in his mm-hmm. heart for us. Wow, that's resurrection life. That, 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 that's that, saying yes to life.
2: That makes me want to find something some place to die so I can experience a whole other <laughs> aspect of resurrection.
1: <laughs> wow, profound. Profound, right there. Love oh, it. Oh,
0: so good. Well,
1: you know, it never ceases to amaze me how God just, just talking about him for yeah. an hour together just brings hope through my veins, you know, oh, like yeah. just yep. through the blood. Yep. I am just. The God of all hope. The God of all hope. He is the first choice of everything. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you, Jim. You really well, helped me to bring guys. some mm-hmm. great perspective. And that's wisdom right there. We were talking. We started out saying, how do you choose life? What is the wise thing you do? It yep. starts right there.
0: Yeah. Yep. And so within this journey that you're making, yeah, you know, there is this place of you renewing your mind. Yeah. And when that happens, the atmosphere changes, yep. and you actually begin yep. to bring heaven on earth. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it's beautiful.
1: Woo yeah. woo. Boop boop boop. <laughs> okay. okay, thanks so much, All Jim right. Richards. Uh-huh. Go to. Um, I just want to remind you to go to Livetransform.com. Tons uh-huh. of product there. Bob mentioned the health module of phys- heart physics. Oh. Um, we've also been, you know, just really talking. Well, I think that's the biggest one that we talked about today. Sure. But. Anyway, there's a lot of products that you'll hear throughout Any, the podcast. And yeah, and
0: anything that isn't there, make sure that you go to Impact Ministries as yes, well.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah. All right.
0: Thank All you, Jim. Right. Blessings yes. to everybody. And thanks, everyone.
1: <laughs> Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.